You're listening to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, Kentucky's weekly racing discussion. And now, here are your hosts, C.C. Broadus, Alan Schneider, and Brandon Jaggers. Breeders' Cup 2020 is two weeks away, and we'll be here to cover it for you. Hello, everybody. I'm C.C. Broadus, joined by Alan Schneider. Hello, everyone. And Brandon Jaggers. Good morning. Okay, guys. Uh, two weeks from today, we'll be in the Breeders' Cup Saturday. Of course, the running of the Breeders' Cup Classic, the turf, the distaff, all those big races. Uh, before we get into the pre-entries, the pre-entries will come out on Wednesday, and then that's when our, our real homework begins. But uh, before we get to that point, uh, what are some uh, storylines that you guys are, are really looking forward to in, in this year's edition, Alan? Uh, off the top of my head, we mentioned last week with Donna Brothers a, a little bit, but these potential Swiss skydiver versus Monomoy girl uh, matchup in the distaff, if that indeed happens, if Swiss skydiver goes that route, you know, I go back over my head. It's like Monomoy Girls is such a monster. But if you look back over the course of the year, she's beat horses like Red Dane and Vexatious and uh, Lady Kate, whereas uh, Swiss Skydiver has beat the Derby winner and the Bluegrass winner. And we could go on and on and on with the horses she's beat this year. So three-year-old versus an older horse, if they hook up against each other, it's, there's, it's a compelling matchup if that goes. What about you, Brandon? Yeah, I just, you know, really just because I'm around the Cox Barn on those Friday mornings for workouts, but hearing the buzz back there, you know, with their nine entries, I think he's got a really good shot at, at a solid three or four out of those nine. Uh, and one I'd like to focus in on that we worked with two Fridays ago is a horse named Emero, uh, Kiva Racing, uh, a big entrepreneur guy that I've kind of known through the Louisville community. Uh, just started getting into racing, but this this filly has come out and and won both of her starts, one at Kentucky Downs, and I think uh, maybe one at the, the first maiden at, at Churchill. Uh, so we we saw her work, and I'm I'm telling you, she looks total class, very professional, and her gallop out was super strong when we ran ran against her. Even though we won yesterday, uh, she would she would have dominated that, that race if we had to go against her. So. Uh, I'm excited to see uh, what what uh, Emro out of point of entry can do uh, on the juvenile uh, Friday card. And for me, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing Tom's Daytime run in the classic. I'm a big fan of this horse, big fan of Al Stahl, who's been able to work out a long career for this horse. He'll face the likes of improbable, maximum security, uh, authentic, uh, just, you know, all of the, the best uh, – Older male horses are, are probably going to hit this race. Uh, by my standards, will be there. You know, and then we'll have the good three-year-olds like Authentic and Tis the Law. I, I, I really want to see if Tom's Day Talk can stack up to these horses uh, going a mile and a quarter. I don't think he's ever been that far before, so I'm really looking forward to to seeing what he can do there. And then on on uh, the uh, Future Star Friday, the two-year-old races, I, I'm really looking forward to see uh, Princess Noor from the Bafford Barn. This filly is. This is going to be the 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 enigma of the day because she's her figs have been really really slow, but she's absolutely blown the doors off her competition. Uh, but she'll have to face the likes of uh, simply ravishing and and those types. Uh, Girl Daddy for another Girl Daddy is a horse I'm interested in, and then of course in the juvenile, I like uh, I like to see what uh, Jackie's Warrior can do against the likes of uh, the uh, the Cox uh, Tappet Colt. Uh, essential quality and horses like setting on go. I think that's going to be a really, really fun handicapping puzzle to solve on that Friday. So, uh, now we've been looking forward all, or I have, I've been looking forward all fall to uh, the Keeneland meet and, and lo and behold, it's already passed us by. We're, we're recording this on Saturday and this is the closing day of the, uh, of the meet guys. Do you have any, uh, any particular memories of this meet that you want to share? Oh, uh, that's a, that's a good question. Oh, you hit me with that. How about Ivar? How about Ivar with the, uh, with that opening day, uh, Preakness day, uh, setting himself for the mile, uh, the maker's mark. Is that the maker's mark? CC and my memory of age. Shadwell. 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 Oh. I always get those two mixed up. 
how about Ivar uh, beating a pretty solid field, chock full of Chad Brown runners and doing it convincingly, coming from way off the pace and a, just an absolute blitz the final furlong and a half. Uh, that one rings a bell to me, as does essential quality. The aforementioned essential quality for Brad Cox. Uh, Jackie's Warriors is going to have her hand, his hands full beating this one because this this guy's already got the uh, the two turn win at Keeneland, and I think there's a lot more left in the tank with that horse. So off the top of my head, give me essential quality and Ivar is the the two that strike a bell with me. Now, Brandon, this is an easy question for you. You had a, you had a specific memory, uh, in fact, yesterday. Well, I've got two. One is more on the on the profitable front. Uh, a couple Saturdays ago where I hit the pick four uh, and I had uh, Segoy, I think, was my big long shot on the turf that day. I think it was like race 10 uh, before a Brendan Walsh first-time starter actually won a, a maiden. Uh, or maybe Segoy was last Saturday. Was it last Saturday? Segoy was last Saturday. I think you're talking yeah. about the, the William Gallon horse, the right on yeah. curl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I remember picking those horses and, and then Brendan Walsh's horse uh, winning so I could actually break even or be a little ahead on the Keeneland me with that. I, I thought it was a very monstrous pick four pay out of 4,400, so I was pretty thrilled to have that. But uh, to be in person, though, yesterday, and I'm going to put on our Facebook feed the, the, the level of, uh, or lack thereof, of excitement, but a win is a win. So uh, it's still eerily quiet at Keeneland. Even though I'd say there were several hundred people there, uh, you know, in the stands and kind of going around, uh, you know, but our horse Color of Dawn did it for us yesterday and, and Brad Cox and the team. And I love the jockey change with Florent Giroux did a, a great job, masterful job of riding the horse out and, and getting us uh, our first maiden special weight win with Color of, Her- Color of Dawn. So that was thrilling, obviously. I mean, I was running the third, fourth grandstand all the way down to to the finish line because I thought we were might have gotten past, but uh, she kind of dug deeper. Uh, the soft fraction up front, I think, helped her a little bit, and uh, I think she cleared by about two lengths or one and a half. So uh, I was very, it was super exciting. But I tell you, it's just a little bit different when no one's really cheering beside yourself <laughs> when you're out yeah. there. Yeah. But but uh, you know, it was so much fun and. Uh, and then that big rain was coming, so I just got in the car and headed back home. So I, I didn't really get a whole lot of time to decompress. And but when I got back to home, I, I, I uh, it really kind of set in, and I, I really got tired after that, and I lost my voice because I guess I was screaming so hard and running up and down. But, <laughs> uh, but it was really cool. That was definitely a bucket list to get that win. And uh, the the track did play slow. I thought you know to see a six furlong. Uh, to come in at 112 and, and another group, another race that basically had the same uh, at the same level. Uh, they were a little bit faster, but you never know. I mean, the fractions are one thing, but uh, she did she, she did close pretty well and finish well, and hopefully she came out of it uh, excellent. I haven't got a text yet from the group today, but uh, we'll, we'll see what she can do next. I, I hate to press these two-year-olds so much, but uh, she might have another one in her before we give her a rest or so. What happened at the eighth pole there? That looks like the the filly just uh, <laughs> stuck her head straight up in the air. I, that that was an odd move. You know, you have any idea what happened? Yeah. Well, first we were told she jumped. Uh, for whatever reason, she jumped at something. But really, I think it's when Flo was tr- switching her lead, and I don't think she ever got on the right lead, or maybe she did. Uh, because we were all pretty much didn't matter at the point once we won, but uh, it had something to do with that. That's what we were, I heard. Uh, but yeah, when I saw that, I mean, it kind of rattled me a little bit because then she went down. Once she went up, she kind of came back down and I thought she could have fallen or something. And it just was very awkward, but she's still green. I mean, it. Dan said the first thing, you know, she's got a lot to learn, still learn. She's got the talent, athleticism. It's just you got to put the head together and get them to do the right things and to, to really show class. So she's learning. So we'll see what happens on the next start. There's been some talk of places and things that we would maybe take. We don't think she's state quality, but uh, definitely allowance. We can win some money with her. All right. Well, she's definitely got some upside. That's for sure. Uh, let's wrap up Keeneland here real quick uh, with uh, the jockey and trainer standings. I don't have the official numbers in front of me, but it looks like Tyler Gaffleon's going to run away with the jockey title. 
Um, this was as of Wednesday. I think he was seven, seven wins ahead of Florent Giroux. And uh, I think uh, he's won a few since then. Giroux's won a few, but uh, it looks like Gaffleon's going to wrap up the jockey title. And then for the trainers, looks like it's going to come down to Brad Cox and Mike Maker. Those two absolutely uh, dominated uh, their starts this meet. Uh, Cox won one yesterday. Maker won one yesterday. Asmussen's close behind that, but it looks like it's going to come down to Cox and Maker uh, for the Keeneland trainers title. And that will wrap up Keeneland 2020. And now we're going to go to Churchill Downs that starts its fall meet tomorrow on Sunday. And it kicks off with what they call the Stars of Tomorrow One. And this is a card of 11 races solely made up of two-year-old events. A lot of maiden races, a lot of lounge races. It's the, uh, the feature... The feature races on the card are two juvenile stakes, the Street Sense going a mile and 16 for two-year-old Colts, and the Rags to Riches stakes also going a mile and 16 for two-year-old Phillies. That's race 10. The Street Sense is race eight. So, guys, uh, we're going to go through this card here and try to pick out some winners. I thought this, just looking at it, I thought the card came up a little bit lighter than normal. and a lot I agree. Of, I agree. It's not real, not not a whole lot of standouts like you usually get on, on this type of card. Uh, it's a good card to make some money normally. This is my this, this day provided me my biggest hit ever. I won a, a huge pick four about two years ago, but I hit that I hit that late pick four when I singled a Baffert filly that won a stakes race. And uh, we don't get that this year. You, you almost got to have a horse you can hang your hat on in these types mm-hmm. of races. Otherwise, your tickets are going to be enormous. And, you know, I, before we get dig into the card, guys, is, is, there, is there one horse or anything that you can, you know, like I said, you can hang your hat on, maybe like a single? Uh, you know, there's a possibility. Of course, I like to, I like to play kind of the, con- the contrarian singles and such so um i mean we'll get to it as as we go along here and stuff but i i I mean i think there's a few long potential long mid-price singles maybe i thought maybe scarlet fusion in uh the ninth race at eight to one is a possibility um you know i think in the is it the rags to riches well actually let me backtrack and go to the street sense um that race came up light and there's going to be a major scratch in their Eucharist because Eucharist is running today at Keeneland. And so all of a sudden you've got a six-horse field and it's a light race. And the favorite is Superstock, who I'm not that crazy about. think uh, perhaps uh, the McPeak horse, King Fury, in that six-horse race could be something to hang your hat on a little bit, too, for a bit of a contrarian single. Nine to two in the morning line, but it won't go off at that, especially with the scratch of Eucharist. So the potential scratch of Eucharist. So that's just off the top of my head. We'll go through this here in a second. Okay. I kind of on some earlier cards, you know, had some kind of price horses to challenge, you know, one coming out of a maiden claim, stepping up into a maiden special weight. I, I like seeing that because it means a lot of people, she showed a lot of heart in the first start. So they're really giving her a shot. Uh, I like kind of looking for those angles. Uh, but, yeah, I you know, nothing like really that overly interesting, but I still think Robbie Alvarado is going to get some type of win tomorrow. Uh, I've got a couple of his plays for whatever reason. He caught my eye twice. So, and we'll talk about uh, some of those here in just a second. All right. So uh, let's, <clears throat> let's start at the top. Uh, the early pick five kicks off with race one and the early pick four kicks off with race two uh, guys you get you like anything in the early early double race one or race two race one is a maiden 150 i think you tend to find these these races really come up weak even though you know all these horses have a high high tag stuck to them I, is there anything that stands out maybe in race one i wouldn't say stand out uh, but yeah these high tag races are a little weird uh the, the number looks inflated but this is a maiden claimer but I like looking for some of the horses who uh, maybe just a little bit over their head in Maiden Company, and they take this step down to horses that haven't had a lot of starts. Uh, a couple that perhaps are worth the morning line price. 
the Margolis horse making a second start. He has a right to improve or uh, Man on the Moon after the R.E.M. song. I think could be maybe do well at six, eight to one. The same thing with the rail horse, Mahomes money got buried on the rail in a speed duel last time. He gets the rail again today, but I think both those horses at, at decent prices, it's all about value and stuff. Those are, those are horses that kind of catch my a little bit, but I'm not crazy about the race, but I, I would definitely go for a number in this race. I'd go for a price. Yeah, Alan, I'm exactly with you, man on the moon struck me as a, as a very good uh, viable choice to cover uh, on a double. I mean, Cox is going to be hard to beat here in this drop. Uh, that horse has got some decent figures and can't say the works were like lightning. And then also uh, number five, the appraisal. Uh, I think that horse may have found something uh, going at this level last time. Uh, Corey still stays the mount. So I kind of like those couple plays besides your obvious choices. Well, race two is a maiden special weight, uh, seven furlongs for two-year-old fillies. And uh, once again, here's uh, Brad Cox with a with a uh, second-time starter, Shasta Lou, a daughter of Algorithms. She's three to one on the morning line. Also, uh, an even lower price for Mike Maker. Uh, we just talked about them dominating the Keeneland meet. Number eight, Army Wife, a four-time or excuse me, a three-time starter, making her fourth start. A daughter of Declaration of War. And it's going to be ridden by Tyler Gaffleone. Guys, you got anything in the race two? Yeah, I think it's the two you mentioned, truthfully. I think Shasta Lou, disappointed first time out for Brad Cox. But the horse was heavily betted uh, Ellis. And it's kind of, there was, a, there was a Keneally horse in there that just kind of got away. It was, it was probably a good learning experience. This horse, a, a half to like a, four, a full to a four-time four $165,000 winner. I uh, expect a better effort today off the layoff. I'm on Shasta Lou and, and Army Wife, I think, coming from the turf something that just jumps out at you with this horse uh, as Saratoga worked a 45 and three, four, four on half before the, her, uh, her route race on the turf. Um, just, just an odd thing, thing to see. Uh, I think the horse moving to dirt probably figures here coming off the, a uh, couple of decent efforts up in New York. Uh, give me those two. And there's a half to Shotsky, the three horse Shotsky won the rims in last year. She's so Cali, maybe a bit, a bit of a price horse to keep an eye on, but but I like Shasalu and Army Wife in that order. Yeah, Alan, I agree with you, but I'd like to add one more is Silk and Sugar, number six. Yeah. Uh, for Ian Wilkes and Chris Landeros. I mean, I, I love, you know, when you see a first time coming out and going six furlongs that she, you know, really rallied and came on late. So I'd, I'd like to see this horse step up here, and I think it's got a good shot at mowing them down. Uh, even with the extra furlong, so yeah, that horse figures. I'm gonna give you a price to look at. Uh, I like number five, Platinum Sky, a little bit. I agree. You know, this is a Dallas Stewart second time starter. Her mom, her mom, Platinum Lady, was a stakes winner, a state bred stakes winner in Louisiana. They, this uh, this breeder and this owner, Valine Farms, they always have a nice two year old. They always spring upon us. Uh, you know, in, in Dallas usually gets them and they always outrun their odds. And I think his Philly might, might, uh, benefit from that, uh, first start at Keeneland. And now she comes back and she's got a, a bullet workout in tow at the Churchill Downs training center, the old sports spectrum. Uh, Kobe Hernandez takes them out. I think his Philly's worth a look. I don't, I don't think this is one you, you know, this isn't the, the one I hang my hat on, but I think this Philly is, uh, is worth using and, and at the very least use underneath your top choices here. Yeah, those Valine Farms horses that they sent up here, they sent up one or two of meat, it seems like, and they're sneaky. They'll send them to New York and, and pop as well, too. So, yeah, I'm with you there. I, I would definitely be a, have that somewhere on my ticket. So, let's talk about race three. This is a seven furlong maiden special weight for two-year-old fillies. And it's a field of nine. Looks like the, the morning line choice will be number eight, Wild Combo. It's the daughter of Into Mischief, a $360,000 daughter of Into Mischief. For Steve Asmussen and Spendthrift Farm, uh, last time she raced in her debut, she was beaten seven lengths by Orsetto. And now she comes back and makes her second start here. Brandon, do you have any, you have any thoughts on race three? I sure do. I uh, Definitely a couple different runners, I, I thought, here. I, I don't really like our favorite here at all in this spot. I, I just think there's a couple other horses that might be a little bit faster. And, you know, making some different angle plays here. So I, 
I definitely love uh, Wayne Catalano Malloy uh, with with Florent Giroux getting a second start. Uh, I, I think that horse has got a big shot. I, I think uh, the last work she put in in October was really good, really solid. So I, I, that really drew my my attention. But I'm going to also play a bomb play here. This is what I'm going to call my long shot of the day. One of the three I found is number nine, Wincy. Wincy uh, for you got Calvin Burrell, Helen Pitts. Uh, this horse is going, you know, Helen's had 50% uh, route to sprint uh, winners out of eight. Uh, so she's winning, you know, 50% of the time out of the total of eight uh, shots that she's had. Uh, Calvin Burrell, I, I don't know how. You just never know how he's going to run these horses, but I, I think uh, I think that'd be a really interesting play. Another good solid work uh, on October 11th, and a nice maintenance work on the 19th. So I, I'm going to give this horse a big time look, and then stepping up out of the claiming rank to come back into special weight. Uh, I, I love that that spot. So, and then again, uh, family time would be another one with Dale Romans and Joe Talamo who. Uh, Joe never holds back and always wants the lead. And I think that horse is going to take the lead and maybe run off. Alan. Yeah, this race, I, I like the two favorites again in this race. Uh, Princess Leah is nothing flashy, but she tries hard. She ran a big second last time to a horse I really like and Lady Traveler for West Point and Del Romans. Thought it's a good effort. Um, it, again, the horse isn't flashy kind of a workmanlike type horse, uh, probably the, a safe horse to put first or second on your tickets if it's playing horizontally. I would have her maybe give her the narrowest of, of, of nods over Wild Combo. I think Wild Combo will probably show more speed second time out for Asmussen. Asmussen's going to win a couple today. I mean, that's just the way it works on these cards. He'll get, he'll get yep. a couple. He gets his. So I do like the two favorites. Uh, the aforementioned Malloy on the rail for Coffee Pot Stables, I think, have, can figure. Uh, and then the the Greg Foley horse was just a couple of lengths back by uh, Princess Leah last time uh, from an outside post. Actually made a bit of a menacing move in that race, as I recall. So that horse obviously figures too. But I like the two favorites with uh, a dose of altered shot and Malloy thrown in underneath. Yeah, I'm with you on altered shot. I thought he ran really well on debut at 30 to 1. Yeah, and, you know she had a wide trip coming coming into the stretch and and you know gave up a little bit late, but that was a good really good effort for a for that filly. I think uh, I think she's got a shot here to move forward second time out. And I'm like you on the rail, Malloy. I don't really like the draw from Malloy, yeah. but uh, Catalano never wins first time out, and they always improve second time out. So this is this is a daughter of Outwork, and Outwork's had a had a, a good year with his first crop so far. So I'd, I'd expect this filly to to move forward here as well. So can but, I make mention one other thing real quick? Sure. Uh, Owen Hardy brings this, uh, Zarella in, uh, from Hawthorne for Godolphin. The only reason I mentioned, I'm not really crazy about this horse in this spot, but, uh, <laughs> Owen Hardy, Owen Hardy, um, and Godolphin, they, they, they'll give their horses a race or two at, at the lesser tracks, the Hawthorns, the mamas of the world, and, and, and then bring them elsewhere. I think they, you know, they seem like they hug the rail and make runs and, and then they they try a second time out. So that horse wouldn't surprise me. There's a horse like this later in the day that that, that catches my eye a little bit. So yeah, uh, don't be don't be worried. Don't be thrown by that when you see Owen Hardy, Godolphin, those guys when they when they run at the lesser tracks. That's I think that's by design. So Zarella would not shock me here, but I like the other Godolphin horse yep. later. We're we're on the same horse later. So we'll yeah. yeah I'm I'm looking forward to talking about that horse later. So let's go to race four. Uh, this is a five furlong maiden special weight on the grass for, of course, maiden two-year-old uh, Colts and Geldings. And, you know, it happens every year. There's going to be a bomb come in at some point. Now, the, the, it, you're going to get a lot of chalk, but at some point, maybe twice during the day, there's going to be a, uh, a, a bomb or a long shot come in. And I think this this race fits the bill because <laughs> – this tends to happen in these these turf races. All all these horses. Uh, the, if you've got a nice two year old, first thing you want to find out is if they're good on dirt. Right. And you, you, you when when they race on the turf, going short on the turf, I think you t you tend to get the uh, the your second tier two year olds. 
And exactly. I think that's kind of where we're at here. What guys, uh, Alan, I know you like a bomb in here. So why don't I you do. talk about your bomb? Well, it's, do I think the horse is anything special? Not really. But as you just mentioned, this race is kind of wide open. If you can beat the favorite and spicy Mark for Wesley Ward, uh, I think the horse can be beat. It wouldn't shock me if, if she did win it six to five, but she she had every right to pass horses last time in the, in that race, which was not, not a great race at Churchill. Uh, could have needed the race, could, could win for fun here, but she drifted in her first start against four horses. Uh, so the horse doesn't thrill me. I'm willing to take a shot. The other war horse on the rail could be good, but I'm going to take a shot with Robbie Alvarado, Kelsey Danner on the six horse, Ben Benjamin's at 20 to one. Um, this horse, number one, this horse is a half to dance rhythms. Who's a very good uh, turf sprinter. And it might be what this horse wants to do is sprint on the turfs. Dance Rhythms has won a couple of nice races at Chur- over the Churchill turf course. Uh, Kelsey Danner is three for six going route, sprint route. And the last time she ran off, this horse ran off going long. Uh, did quit pretty re- pretty readily, but I'm, I'm thinking that race was by design. The cutback uh, off that race probably will help her. Uh, again, this is wide open. Why not take a chance? At 20 to 1, I'm willing to, to take a, a shot with this one. So, again, the, the turf course can be a little bit funky. We've had some rain here this week. So, who knows what we're going to expect with the side. But uh, I'll take spin benches. I even think the, the Sisterson horse on the rail could improve second time out to uh, the two horse dark timber. But I'm willing to take a gamble on spin Benjamins here. Brandon, you got any opinion on this race? Yeah, Alan, I, I love that shot. I think you're right. And uh, that's, so. <laughs> that's a really good play. So I'm going to be covering just like in the race three, I think where I'm going to be kind of spread wide. I, I'm going to take about four horses here, but there's one of the also eligibles. If one of this, these horses can draw in, I think Clarestown has got a really big shot uh, yep. getting blinkers on. So watch out if there's going to be a scratch, like number 10 could scratch out for, I just got a really kind of funny feeling about this one may not last in this group. Uh, and they might find another race somewhere later. But then also, you know, you got a Wesley Ward horse sprinting on the grass. Those guys, he always scares me. And they always jump out of the gate faster than almost any other horse. So uh, I, I think those are my plays for sure. If you can beat Spicy Marge, uh, I think we're going to have a – that'll be a fun uh, race for and, and sprinting on the turf. So well, that's kind of where I'm looking at. Okay, let's talk about race five. This is a very, very key race early in the card it's an allowance optional claimer yes. for two-year-olds which have never won a race other than maiden claiming start this is going to end the early pick four and the early pick five so you got to get this race right and the favorite is going to be a horse that's shipping in from california i thought this was an odd entry here superman shack comes off of a rousing victory at del mar in his second start this horse cost five hundred fifty thousand dollars at uh, ocala april and this is a half-brother to Monomoy Girl, as well as uh, another stakes winner, Mr. Monomoy. And uh, I, I found this entry curious because th- this is a mile and 16th. They could have ran this horse in the street sense if they thought a lot of him. But, so, but they settled for this spot here. Uh, guys, uh, I- any opinions on the race five? Well, you know what? Uh, one of the reasons is this, this race is tougher than the street sense, in my opinion. I think we've got more potential talent. Uh, in this race than we do in a street sense. Uh, like you said, they took the blinkers off this horse last time after kind of absolutely uh, not running in her first start. They expected a lot more uh, from him and came through. So I do think the horse figures. My top pick, though, is going to be Steve Asmus and was staying out late. This this horse went wire to wire last time and had plenty left to the tank, finished very strongly. Probably doesn't need the lead. I think he just went to lead because he, you know, he's good. And I like I like the draw he's going to get outside Peter Miller's horse. Uh, I think ult, uh, if those two were to stop, Ultimate Badger could very easily pick up the pieces. So I do think it's the three favorites here in this spot. Uh, maybe Meister could figure for Ian Wilkes. But if, if, if I was forced to single here, I, w- I would single uh, staying out late. I think this horse has a real nice future, this, this Tappet this tap Colt. Yeah, Alan, I agree with you. I, I'm sitting right where you're talking, staying out late, uh, and and Meister uh, kind of underneath. I, I like, I like the post for Meister. I, I just I wonder if if the horse has got enough speed to kind of get 
you know, get the rail shot and, and go around. I think Julian may have that uh, as a as a uh, direction from me and Wilkes to do that day. And uh, a Superman Shack, I don't know what where to play that guy. Uh, it, it is interesting. So I, I'm probably still going to cover, but I'm only going to go three deep here. Uh, Superman Shack, Meister, and staying out late. I don't think there's a, a real bomb, you know, shot here except for Meister, but I think that horse is going to get bet down. Yeah, this is – I really don't know what to do with Superman Shack here. I think uh, that's not a real vote of confidence that they didn't go straight to the stakes race, but they settled for this allowance race here. So I think uh, that alone is is enough to, to use more than one horse in here. And I, I, I'm with you guys. I think – I think you have to use Ultimate Badger. I thought he was really running well at the end of that last yeah. race uh, behind Dreamer's Disease, who I think is going to show up in the juvenile. So I think I would use him as well. But uh, let's go now to race six. And I thought this was a really, really hard race to decipher. Yeah. This is a maiden special way to mile 16th on the dirt, two-year-old fillies. And looking for the morning line favorite here. Check that out. It, it, am I right? The four to one morning line favorite is yeah. Clarier, a first time starter. This is a daughter of Curlin out of a stakes winner cavorting by Bernardini. This filly's probably got a lot of hopes behind oh, yeah. her. Uh, guys, uh, Alan, let's start with you. What what do you see in this six race? I, I think it's a tough race. I'm not going to, I don't really want to spread in a race like this. I'll try to. Uh, come up with a decent idea and just hope for the best. And if I was going to bet the race or play in a multi-race, I would definitely use Clarier. This horse, like, this is regularly bred. Cavorting won a couple of grade ones, if I'm not mistaken, for uh, Kieran McLaughlin and Godolphin. I want to, I want to say I may be wrong about that, but uh, who, yeah. Who they, are you talking about? Of, I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. <laughs> uh, cl- well, that's very rude. Uh, <laughs> cavorting. Uh, Cavorting, the, the, Cavorting the, the, I Cavorting. believe, raced for uh, Kieran McLaughlin and yes, uh, Stone Street, I think. Okay, Stone, yeah, you're right. It was Stone Street. Uh, so this horse has a world of upside. I would have to have that on my ticket. I don't usually like taking the horses going two turns on the dirt in the first start out. But Asmus has done it before. He may be unleashing this one today. Who knows? Uh, I would have to use that one. I'd have to use Super Quick, who I thought uh, – chased home a couple of really good ones at uh, Keeneland and off we go and Sunpath for Judd Mont and Brad Cox. We discussed that. So on that race alone, that horse, you have to use that horse. Uh, a lot of horses going second time, two turns in here. So someone's probably going to run better than they did last time out. It's just a matter of who you want to take. I'd have to have Clarier and super quick on my tickets. And, and beyond that, it's just whoever else you guys like. So real Gosh. quick, uh, cavorting, Cavorting won the Adirondack Stakes as a two-year-old. Then she came back her three-year-old year and won the Test Stakes at Saratoga. Yeah. Uh, the Prioress, the Jersey Girl. And then in her four-year-old year, she won the Ogden Fifths, another grade one, and the Personal Ensign. So she she carried her career over over three seasons and had you know had stakes winners every every single year. Brandon, what do you think? Yeah, I, you know maybe I'm not looking at at some of these big favorites in this race because I I want to see the experience. Uh, before you know trying to go the mile 16th I, I mean it's a critical distance for a lot of young horses that they start out at six furlongs and they stretch out so i i, I like outside ship it uh with ken mcpete you got Corey landry you know it's Corey's home track that horse was well bet last time didn't do great but still hung around late you know for the mile the 16th i think this horse should get another shot and i'm gonna i'm gonna bet that horse uh and then the number seven Matam, uh, Dan Felt, uh, is it Pete's? Pites. 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 Yeah, I, you know, I think this horse is also another a great filly uh, that didn't have a great start last time going to mile 16th. And if you don't get placed, uh, you're just going to be kind of hanging, which it looks like she did the whole time coming out of post position eight. Uh, you know, had a, had a bad start, but still kind of hung around the whole time. And I think uh, she deserves another shot, you know, going 23 and four in the first quarter or, you know, the pace was set pretty fast. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I, do you, do I think that's the, you know, Clarier is, is definitely worth the bet. I do. I just, not the first time I, I, there's nothing in the morning that really is saying to me, 
oh, this horse is, is going to be fantastic. I think this horse will need a race. So I'm not going to play. Uh, so Linlow Lady is another one. A lot of experience. Dale Romans uh, can place the horse from time to time with Robbie Alvarado. So I, I kind of like seeing that Robbie gets him out here. Uh, this horse has already had four. This is his fourth jockey. So uh, wasn't well bet last time, but it was at 68 to one and came in third. Uh, a, a much better performance. So I think they like the distance here. I don't, we're not going to get 68, you know, to one odds on this horse, but maybe four or five to one, which would be great. So I'm going with Linlow Lady, uh, Matam, the seven, and then Ship at the 10. Well, I want to, well, a testament to how wide open this race is. I want to talk about two fillies we haven't mentioned yet. Uh, the first is number eight, Eileen Alexandra. This is a daughter of Jess's dream. Jess's dream is a son of Curlin out of Rachel Alexandra. Yep. And he made one start at Saratoga and launched from way back and, and barely got up at the wire. And then he was injured and they retired him to stud in Florida. And this is his first crop. And this is a, a daughter from that first crop. And this horse took a little bit of action in his first start and he, he he got up to finish third in a good effort behind uh, Rookery, who was in second. So if Rookery runs well earlier in the card, you might want to might want to take a look at this filly. Uh, and then I lost, also like number nine, Super Quick for Norm Cassie. This is a daughter Super Saver out of Quick Town, and she's making her third start of her career now. The the damn Quick Town has produced uh, two nice horses: one Quick Quick Quick, and the other's Viva Mallorca. Uh, those yeah. two horses were stakes placed or and maybe stakes winners at some point. But uh, I think this horse has some upside uh, in, in her last start, which was start number two. She finished second or third behind the uh, highly touted off we go from the Tom Amos barn. And then another filly who I was hoping would come back today, but uh, maybe something's up with her is, is the filly sun path from the Brad Cox barn. Oh, yeah. But, uh, super quick was running with those two fillies and i think those two are uh, are uh, really really nice fillies and she was right there with them so i think you've got to you got to give her a look in and, race you know, there's, no, there's no speed there's no speed in this race either so whoever gets leads going to have uh, going to have a bit of a, an advantage to be up close and i think super quick could be could be that horse i may be wrong about that all right so let's go to race number 7 now this this kicks off the early pick 5 and here's another tough race here. I don't know. I don't know how you handle this. This is a mile and sixteenth on the turf for two-year-old fillies. It's a maiden special weight, as I said. And the favorite is going to be on the rail. The morning line choice: Go Big Green from the Amos Barn. This is a hundred fifty thousand dollar daughter of Go Sapper out of an aptitude mare, and she's finished third in both of her two career starts, both at Indiana Grand. Five to two is a little low on her, though. Guys, uh, Brandon, let's start with you. You got anything uh, in uh, in race seven you want to talk about? Yeah, I like this. Uh, the first time starter, uh, Kitten's Joy Horse, Bella Conchita uh, with Sherry DeVoe. I know she doesn't win a lot first time out, but I, you know, anything on Kitten's Joy to me, and they believe enough in her and starting her going that far the distance. I, I really like that kind of play at 12 to one with Rafael Bayarano. That's kind of my, one of my other plays of the day uh, to, to really take focus on. And then I'm, I'm coming back to a little bit on the inside. Yabba Dabba Diva. So second time starter here out of the Flintshire, you know, the horse loves turf. Uh, I think this horse has got a, a really good shot. It's got a big break though. They didn't return, you know, within the month, they waited a few more weeks after that. Uh, maybe a conditioning thing, who knows. But uh, when you're coming out of Kentucky Downs, too, that takes a ton out of a horse. I think they either love it or they hate it. So I'd like to see what this horse can do coming back. Uh, but this one's a tough, I, I think a few, you know, definitely figure here. But I, I really could only really hone in on two. Uh, but I, I kind of want to listen to what your all's takes are. That way I can maybe complete a third <laughs> or a fourth horse. Alan, go ahead. Yeah, this this isn't a very good race. This is not a very good maiden special weight turf race. But at the time of year, we, we do see that here in Kentucky often. Um, the none, of, in fairness, none of the horses that have raised thrilled me at all. 
I guess you'd have to throw Go Big Green somewhere near the top of your ticket just by default to pass horses. But I, in a race like this, I will look to a couple of first-timers. Uh, Brandon mentioned the Sarita Vol horse. I think you'd have to have that one on your ticket. Um, the the five horse, uh, Bella Conchita. I'm more interested in the La Brunette for Mark Cassie. Uh, Bernardini's don't do that well on the turf. They don't win that much first time out. But this horse is a half to Taurus. Uh, being by comedy, Taurus has a, a actually has a really nice runner in the, in the upcoming in the next race. As a matter of fact, um, by default, I'm going to take this one. I think this is the best bred horse in the race, and the the, the other ones do not thrill me at all. I think the other Cassie horse, second time starter, uh, could figure danger simply because there's nothing in the race. Horse may find himself forwardly placed in here and just keep going. But I'm I'm going to go with uh, Mark Cassie, who has heated up a little bit recently with La Burnett. That said, if uh, Ken McPeak draws in off the eligible list or Brad Cox, things completely change as I believe Surrealist or Rebuff would, would probably win this race if they got in. But it, it's a tall order to draw in from the from that far mm-hmm. out. But give me give me Cassie in this one. I, I guess we should mention though it, it's kind of wet here today. In Kentucky yeah. on Saturday, there's a chance these races come off the turf, possibly tomorrow. So possibly, yeah, keep an eye on that. But uh, I, I have no opinion on this race. I, no, this this is probably going to keep me from playing the late pick five for sure because I, I have nothing here. So let's turn the page to race eight, and this is the first of the uh, the two stakes events. This is an overnight stakes, ninety eight thousand dollar purse, mile and sixteenth, and this is for the three year olds. This is the Street Sense, or excuse me, not three year olds, the two year old Colts. This is the Street Sense Stakes, and it's going to be led by the Morning Line favorite number seven, Superstock, who just finished third in the Breeders, uh, Breeders Futurity at Keeneland behind the top two-year-old Essential Quality. Uh, Brandon, let's talk about the Street Sense. Uh, where where did you land here? Well, this race isn't real deep. I mean, only seven, seven horses in the field. Uh, you know, the favorite is definitely a standout, but I'm only going to pick one more to try to beat the favorite, and that's Oncoming Train for James DeVito, Rafael Bellarano. I think this horse, I saw the race, I watched it back, one at 24 to one. I, I won't forget that one uh, at Keeneland. Uh, I think this horse has got some upside here. This is a $100,000 mine shaft purchase. Uh, double, town, double down stables, I've seen them a few times. Uh, the works are great and coming out of Arlington Park, I think that was kind of where they got this horse conditioned and ready to run and to get a Keeneland. Uh, I don't know why Hawth- they shipped a Hawthorne after that to do a five furlong work and not to, to Churchill, but maybe they thought more of it and decided to make this make this the next play. And I think they found a soft field besides the big favorite of Superstock. Alan. Yeah, we mentioned it earlier. Uh, this is not a good version of the street sense, in my opinion. Uh, I'm going to go with King Fury here after the scratch of Eucharist, which I, I believe will happen because he is slated to run today after Keeneland moved their races off the turf. With the scratch of Eucharist, however, does uh, take away some of the pace in the race. It could be a very soft pace. King Fury showed a lot of talent first time out. This horse cost $950,000, regally bred by Curlin out of the aforementioned Taurus. And you got to like a horse that can win first time out, going two turns. And when he did it, he did it from the the, uh, the ten hole. So we're gonna I'm gonna give him an ex- uh, a bit of a pass on that last race at uh, Keeneland. Uh, much much tougher company than this. Got hung wide out uh, out of the first turn. Kind of just quit running at that point. This is a better spot if he can get something to run at. He may be able to get the jump on Superstock, and he's gonna need a little pace probably, but. If, I don't think the nine to two line holds whatsoever in this, but I think it's more like lines of two to one, five to two, and I'll take King Fury. I'm with you there. I mean, the super stock is solid. Any horse that drops yeah, up grade one, race, he's solid. I'm going to have to use him, but I, I'm, I got mixed feelings about King Fury. I, like you said, any horse that can break his maiden going two turns in his first start, you know, there's some type of talent there. Now the, the problem is he beat absolutely nothing in that race. That that race really came up weak. So I, I don't know what to do with him. Now he comes back in the Breeders Futurity behind essential quality. And he, he got a wide post again. He broke from post nine. 
and he's far wide into the first turn, and he's wide into the second turn. And then, you know, after that, he just quit. So it may have been too much too soon for him. I, I think this horse has the most upside in the field. So I'm, I'm with you there. I would probably select number four, King Fury, uh, above all else. But I think I'd have to use Super Stock as well. And then, you know, outside of that, I, I uh, you know, oncoming train probably has some upside. I mean, he, he did close well. Uh, to, to run down Happy Mac and United and Resolute, but those two, they, they hooked up early in that maiden, maiden race. So, they did. you know, that, that race probably fell apart a little bit. And then, you know, the other one you might consider using was Arabian Prince. And I, you know, uh, Dallas doesn't usually win first time out, but the, this is an expensive son of uh, uh, M. Shawish, and that's his first crop. And, and he did beat a horse that came back to run second in the Breeders' Futurity. That's keep me in mind. I think he'll show up in the, Ju- the Breeders' Cup Juvenile uh, in two weeks. So, But, yeah, for me, it's King Fury and Superstock, and then we'll we'll see if we can survive in advance to the next leg. And the next leg is race number nine. It's a maiden special weight for maidens two years old. Mile and the 16th again. And the entry was a 1-1-A. One the 1-A did not draw in. So it's probably going to land on number one racecraft at three to one for Calumet farm and trained by Steve Asmussen making a horse, making a second start. Uh, Alan, let's go to you. I don't know. You like a horse in here. Uh, tell us, tell us who you like. Well, again, I mentioned this one earlier. Uh, sometimes it comes down to how the field shapes up and what the price is on the horse that you like, but I will take a shot with Scarlet fusion here. Uh, a lot of the other ones don't interest me that much in, in here, but Scarlet Fusion uh, has a bit of a unique thing. She is a half to like eight horses who've earned six figures. Um, so I mean, you've got to you've got to respect uh, that family. The first time out, she I think she ended up running fifth by ten, if I'm not mistaken, but obviously needed the race. And again, I'm going back to Mark Cassie here. Um, you know, I like the fact she passed horses. Tyler Gaffleyon stays. It, it's uh, it costs eight hundred thousand. I I wouldn't be surprised if the horse drops from eight to one. Uh, I, I'm willing to take a shot with this one. Too much in the family. I like the first. Uh, I like the, I like the debut. There's some really uh, solid buried works in there at Ellis Park and at Churchill. So I'll take the four horse Scarlet Fusion here for E5 Racing and Stone Street t- Stable. Okay, Brandon, before I get to you, let's talk about, real quick, number six, All Bodes Well. This is something we probably need to clear up. Uh, well, I'm looking at the daily racing form. They, they've they got the running line. This horse finished third, by beaten by nine links at Keeneland in his first start. But if you look over here in the in the notes, you've, you've got him running second to Safa's day. I just, one of you might be using Brisnet. Does that say the same thing? Or how, how does that? I have third by nine uh, in her first start on Brisnet. But over on the uh, in the, the the names of the horses on the right, the yeah, finishers, I, yeah, third. She's third. She's in third in Brisnet. Who, who's the second horse? Send money. Send money. Send money was the horse for uh, Chad Brown, right? That the gate didn't open properly. Uh yes, you are correct about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm reading the racing form here. They've got all bodes well third by nine links, but in the running in the in the the top three, Safa's days first, and they've got all bodes well second and ricochet third. Uh, yeah, it's weird just, because I have uh, the, the the lifetime earnings has all bodes well with the third place finish uh, at fourteen thousand dollars. Obviously, all bodes well should have been second, correct? If, if right. the gate did not open, right? So that's that's right. a good catch. I did not catch that. I, I so. Yeah, so that, that's a horse we got to watch when he comes back. Is that uh, send money? That oh, horse, yeah. He they pounded him hard at the windows, and, and the gate didn't open, and he's he last blind. early, and then he was rolling late. So he's he's definitely going to win his next start. But uh, I just want to clear that up. And uh, Brandon, let's go to go to you. Who do you, who do you like in the race number nine? Yeah, that Chad Brown horse, man, was a that was <laughs> that, that horse was busy, making up a lot of ground. I remember that whole thing. So. Uh, yeah, if Santa Cruiser was going to draw in, I really like that horse, but now I know he's not. So uh, I, I appreciate Alan's pick. I'm still <laughs> uh, maybe I'm crazy. I, I'm giving Dale Romans and Robbie Alvarado with Southern Passage a shot again. You know they went they dropped down to maiden claiming uh, for fifty thousand. Now they're back stretching out. Uh, you know they're just a wild card. I love playing wild cards. 
uh, since there's like seven maiden races, it feels like uh, in the Churchill Downs card on Sunday. Uh, that that's a big long shot. I'm gonna I'm gonna say may get something. Uh, we'll see. The horse been working pretty good uh, in the morning, so I you know it could it could get there. I'm going to play uh, Brendan Walsh with business model. Uh, the horse is well bet in debut at Ellis. Didn't do so great. Came back to Keeneland going to mile 16. Did pretty well uh, and, and kept running. So I think this horse did like uh, the distance of ground uh, out of a candy ride and, and owned by Godolphin. I think, you know, they, they always have great horses. So I thought that was a great, a great play. And I'm also going to take Brad Cox because you never get him at 10 to 1. Uh, on Grand Design, his his leading rider Florent Giroux up. Uh, maybe this horse does want distance with Union Rags, you know. And Brad's hitting some big, big uh, percentages, uh, you know, on second time out and things like that. So uh, I'm going to look there for sure. Those are really my and, and then you know. So I've got Grand Design, Business Model, Southern Passage, and I guess I will go ahead and take Racecraft as well. I think this is a four to five horse uh, type of spread race for me. Well, here we go again. This the, we, we've, we're going to cover just about every horse in the race. I like number three, Rye Sense of Humor for yeah, uh, Wilkes. Definitely. Uh, I saw it. Yeah, this horse, he, he ran okay on his debut. He finished second behind Drop Anchor, who I thought ran a really nice race that day for McPeak. And then he comes back and he finishes fourth behind Essential Quality on that Derby Day, that big two-year-old race. And, you know, he, he was way back early and, and he, he had to swing out real wide and he closed well. I and, mean, you know, I think this horse really wants to stretch out. Uh, being by distorted humor, I have a jump start mare. I think this horse, uh, uh, you know, he, he may want to go two turns. And it uh, looks like maybe Leperu chose this one over the seven horse Flora form, who is interesting because this is the son of Into Mischief for Judmont Farms. This horse was bet down to. What six, seven, eight, eight to five? Eight to five, yeah. Eight didn't to five, yeah, and, and and didn't didn't lift a hoof, but they now they bring him back going two turns. Uh, you know, maybe this horse uh, is worth taking a look at. So Possibly. I, uh, just judging by our opinions, we probably need to spread wide here. Not uh, me, I'm singling. You're singling <laughs> Scarlet Fusion. I I don't blame you. I mean that that, that Philly's got a ton of upside. Yeah, so. I just I like the contrarian singles. So I mean, you know. Doesn't win, doesn't win. And uh, so, yeah, that's uh, it, it's, it should be a fun race. This late pick four is, you know, it's going to be interesting uh, for sure. Let's take a look at race 10 now. This is the rags to riches. Uh, Two year old Phillies going a mile and 16, $98,000. And this is a field of nine. And the favorite, the morning line favorite is number eight, Coach, who comes off a resounding, a definitive. Nine and three quarter length victory at Indiana Grand in a lounge race over a filly named Corey. And refresh my memories, didn't Corey run second in an allowance race Keen, at Keeneland? Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm going to tell you right now, I think this filly, I think uh, she she may be my single. I hate the odds of three to one coming out of that allowance race. I wish we could get a little more value, but I think uh, I think this filly looks like a type that could go two turns. And I, I'm going to. I'm going to single her in my late pick for uh, Brandon. Let's go with you. Who do you, who do you like in the rags to riches? Yeah. That coach is owned by Kiva racing. They, they've had just a great, uh, they've got a great barn uh, that ownership group does Rick Kieber does. So I, I, that horse is going to be really, really tough to beat here. So I kind of went back into some other lines, you know, that horse beat Orsetto uh, once before and Orsetto wasn't that far behind coach and then coach comes back out and really throws it down at churchill going seven furlongs so i think orsetto really kind of fits here uh perhaps is is definitely a price uh and then i've got a really really big long shot adam biscuits a torsi's charm out of eddie Keneally. this horse at ellis i remember watching this horse uh had joe telemo on i mean really just broke out going seven furlongs. First, they started the source on the turf going a mile. That didn't work at all. And then they went right back to dirt. I can't really give you a lot of reasons why she didn't uh, she didn't do well at the optional claim at, at Keeneland going a mile. Uh, just, I got to really rewatch that race. She had a lot of speed early. 
and I think she just kind of got tired. I think they're going to position her a little bit differently. She was in the one hole that time at Keeneland, well bet, uh, down to, you know, four to one. So I, I think you could have a possible shot here. Uh, it just the race has to set up a little bit differently, stretching out a little bit longer. I'm not a huge fan because it doesn't look like after the first mile, she didn't like that mile race, but uh, maybe she can come back and play underneath. So this would be my shallow of the day. <laughs> All right, Alan. Yeah, give me. Uh, I think Coach has got a big future. I think Coach can be tough. Coach will take a lot of a uh, take a lot of money here. Wouldn't be surprised at all if the horse just airs at two turns. But I remember watching Lady Traveler when she broke her maiden a few weeks ago at Churchill's. Sarn post break thought she looked like a million bucks. And this horse is a half to heart to heart. Who this horse reminds me of heart to heart. Heart to heart was a great mile mm-hmm. mile sixteenth. Tough as nails, uh, turf horse, uh, very speedy turf horse. The way Lady Traveler ran reminded me of heart to heart. I think uh, two turns can work out well for this horse. So I'm on Lady Traveler, but I, I also do like the, the horse on the outside, Midnight Ballerina for for uh, Bill Mott. Uh, this horse took money on debut for Mott, and, and a very professional effort. Went to the lead when when she when they wanted her to. And would not surprise me this horse flourishes at two turns. So I like Lady Traveler, Midnight Ballerina with with uh, Coach as well. But I guess if you held a gun to my head, I would take Lady Traveler in this spot. And the Midnight Ballerina is also a half to miss T two who really likes this race track. So there's a few ways to go on here, but um, I'll I'll lean that way. All right, and now we're gonna wind up the card with a really 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 nice. Made in special way, going seven furlong for two-year-old Colts and Geldings. And looks like the favorite is going to be a first-time starter from the 10-hole. This is out of sight for Brad Cox and Rupp Racing. This is a $380,000 purchase at Ocala in March. This is a son of Outwork, and he's been working lights out at Keeneland. Alan, uh... Let's talk about uh, what you like here. I know, I know, we're we're in agreement on one horse. This is a tough race. I, I hate it that the the horse that you are probably going to pick is in this spot. But uh, where where did you land here? Oh, uh, in this spot, actually, I'm probably going to lean to the Brad Cox horse here. Okay, well, I'm, yeah. yeah, I stand corrected. There's a horse in here we need to talk about though, for sure. Yeah, there's a few in here we need to talk about. This is a really good race, and if this Brad Cork Brad Cox horse lives up to the hype, then it's going to be well earned because there's some. There's some nice horses in here. Uh, I, I will lean to Brad Cox with a nod to Big Lake and Steve Asmussen. I think this horse is going to run much better second time out. This he has this running line has the look of a horse for him that will improve second time out. The, the third to swill is is a is a nice effort. I would uh-huh. expect this horse to show a lot more speed. Foliage in here uh, last time out at uh, Keeneland kind of. Took aim at the winner, uh, could not get there. But this horse is a half to Lee, Leah, uh, who's won over two million. Uh, I think you got to keep that one in mind. Uh, Commandeer, I think who you thought I was referring to. Yes. Yeah, I'll, Commandeer will be on my ticket definitely. Commandeer is a. Uh, this is the what I was alluding to earlier. Uh, it's a Godol- well-bred Godolphin horse who went to Hawthorne, got his education, hugged the rail. Made up 15 lengths in the blink of an eye, which is, you know, hard yeah. to do. I don't care who you're running against. Let's talk so, about that race real quick. I want to talk. I, I went back it. and you- yes, I went back and looked at it. And so this horse broke from the rail, commandeer. He broke from the rail and he dropped way back early. And you know they they went 21 and two, 45 and one. They went a pretty good clip. They arrived at the top of the stretch. Hawthorne, I think, stretch is pretty pretty long. But the the rider did not ask this horse until he got to the quarter pole. He never he never once uh, chirped at him or anything until the quarter pole. When he when he asked him to go, his horse took off like a shot. And 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 as you can see, he closed up ten lengths and then he galloped out <laughs> past the winner. So this yeah. this horse and he's a looking at his pedigree here. He's a half brother to Brandon. You remember this horse last fall? I think his name or her name was a cross. This was a yeah. Brad Cox yes. by City yeah. Zip. 
I think she broke her maiden at Keeneland. She hasn't run since then. She must have got injured. But so this, you know, I think I think this horse has a shot to to get part of this here. Anyway, go hey, ahead. Man. I'm sorry. No, you're right about that. That's uh, this is a for example we were talking about earlier. Give the horse the learning experience. That's what these guys do lots of times at the lesser track. Winning is not the important thing, and take them to the big track on a big day and and get the effort that you think you're going to get. So common deer has to be on on my ticket personally. If you know you hold me hold a gun to my head, I'm I'm going to take out of sight with common deer and even the Asmussen horse too. But I'd also mention the McPeak horse here. Probably needs more distance. Royal Trist out of Medaglia but this horse is a half to a war story and somebody else off the top of my head. But this horse probably needs more distance. Don't be surprised if Royal Trist comes running late. Uh, that said, give me out of sight, Common Deer, and Big Lake. Maybe foliage because of the, um, the the breeding. But if I was alive to just those three or four horses, I'd be really happy. Okay, yeah, I thought, I thought this maiden special weight was the best maiden special weight of the day. And you got to wait to the very end to see how it's going to play out. But, uh, you know, this is very interesting. I, I thought Big Lake has definitely got a great shot. So I'm covering uh, Commandeer for sure. So everybody, that was my long shot. Another long, long play of the day at 15 to 1. I don't think that horse is going to stay 15 to 1. I think it comes down to 5, 6, 7. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Kigma Pete's got a uh, number seven Royal Trist out of three chimneys. Uh, man, that they paid a lot of money for this horse. So I bet this horse is probably going to do something. And he's got Robbie Alvarado up. So you, you don't know. I mean, he's not McPete's not a big first-time winner coming out. But it, that's a very interesting play. Of course, Cox, that horse looks super live. And then I'm coming all the way outside. These Nyquist first-time runners have been yeah. just very good. Uh, getting to see the come out the you know the second time, I think Trump Card Fox Hill Farms Larry Jones training, this horse has really got a shot. I yeah, I don't does. like the post, but the seven furlongs is a long stretch. So if this horse can get position, uh, it was a closer last time. Let's see if he can kind of get forwardly placed uh, coming. You know because he started out of the seven hole last time. Eleven is a little bit tricky at, at Churchill, but he got a lot of ground to go. Because uh, they'll be coming out of the chute. So I, I think it's Trump card out of sight. I'm going to take Commandeer, Big Lake. And there was one other one that, uh, oh, yeah, Royal Trist. So uh, I, I hate to go 5D, but I'm going to go skinny on a couple of those earlier races uh, and then kind of wide to start to pick five. So uh, you, you never know, but I hope I'm alive to this last race. It's a big, you're going to, get some opportunities of, of some big scores yeah I, i'm with you guys i think you're on the right horses uh number three big lake number five common deer number 10 out of sight let's talk about out of sight real quick like i said earlier this is a, a very expensive son of outwork and one of the cool things about the keeneland website they will give uh, uh clocker comments for some of these horses that rate uh, that work out during the keeneland meet and out of sight has a comment on October 17th. Uh, he worked 59 and four going five furlongs breezing. And the comment was another sharp effort for this Brad Cox unraced two-year-old broke from the pole with another two-year-old from that stable Cane Creek road and was a length clear at the finish. So this horse is doing well. So I think, you know, he's going to take some action for sure, but I think you definitely need to use him. And like the Brandon said, number 11 Trump card, uh, this is a son of uh, Nyquist, and the Nyquist runners have been really, really nice so far this year in his first crop. And this horse ran third on debut. He, he took a little bit of action in 9-1, to one, finishing behind Eucharist, who's going to run a Keeneland on Saturday, it looks like. Uh, this horse uh, had, a, had a bit of a wide trip, and then uh, he, he made up some ground late, but he started lugging in late. He did. And, yeah, he was and yeah, yeah, and, you know, I think his horse, uh, once he learns how to run, he'll be solid. So, you know, if yes. he figures it out and start number two, I think, uh, you know, I think he might factor here. So, uh, you know, if, and if you get, uh, you know, if, you, if you're not alive in anything, this is a good race to maybe try to play a trifecta or superfecta, and you might be able to hit something nice here. So, uh, looking forward to this race for sure. And that is all. That's it. That's race 11. Big card. A lot of money will be spent. 
but uh, it should be a lot of fun. We should have some chances to make some money too, if uh, if, if we can get lucky. So uh, uh, we're gonna sign off here, guys. You got anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I, I think it's a, a really fun card. Uh, I'm gonna spend a little bit of my Sunday with it. I'm looking forward to it. It's I think it's a great prelude to the Breeders' Cup action in a couple of weeks. It's kind of a Breeders' Cup light kind of feel to it as there's a lot of money to be made if you can hone in on some things. Um, and we'll see what happens in two weeks. Uh, that's when things really do get interesting. And the cool thing is I think we can actually go to the races now, right? Right. Yes. Yeah, we yes. can actually be there. Yeah, yeah they and said I plan on a, being there. Yeah, 4,300 people. I mean, honestly, I'd love to try to catch the last four or five races in person tomorrow, but – I don't know. It doesn't look like the schedule is going to permit me to get to the track, but I wish this card was here today, not tomorrow. I'm yeah. ready to play now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, we got to try to get everybody out and, and, and see how, how well it is at 4,300 people there. It's still going to feel like a ghost town because it's so big. But well, Yeah, I've heard uh, that they don't think they're going to get 4,300 people today. So if you want to go this meet, folks, you should, if you, buy a you should be good. I know uh, they've got things worked out. And if uh, apparently the 4,300 number, they don't expect to hit that on a daily basis. So keep right. that in mind. All right. Well, uh, of course, the, I think the big news for the week coming is uh, the, the pre-entries for the Breeders' Cup are due tomorrow. And then their committee will get together and parse those entries out. And then we'll have uh, – they, they'll publish those on Wednesday, I think is what they usually do. So – by the time you hear us next time, we'll be we'll be talking a lot about Breeders' Cup. So I'm that that's this is uh, for me is a, a, a one of the most anticipated weeks of the year just to just to look at the pre entries because that's mm -hmm. uh, that'll be fun as always. So uh, that's all for now, and we hope you enjoyed our show. We thank you for listening, uh, and like we said, if uh, if if you're out at the racetrack anytime soon, give us a look up, and we'll we'll, we'll be glad to talk to you. And uh, hopefully we'll hit some winners together. So on behalf of Alan Schneider and Brandon Jaggers, I'm CC Broadus saying gambling money ain't got no home.